Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Lifetime's Robin Roberts Presents Mahalia. From executive producers Robin Roberts and Linda Berman comes the biopic of the legendary Mahalia Jackson. Grammy Award winner Daniel Brooks stars as the trailblazer whose music moved, inspired, and changed people's hearts. Critics have praised Brooks's transformative performance into the Queen of Gospel as thunderingly good. Directed by Kenny Leon and written by Bettina Jillowa and Todd Kreidler, this Lifetime original movie continues to inspire viewers and highlights the ongoing fight for social justice. Robin Roberts presents Mahalia for your Emmy consideration in all categories. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Amanda Nduka. And my name is Dino Ray Ramos. And today we, we have, have a fun one. She's we so have, fun. she is like a queen. I, I love her. I, I know she's younger than me and I'm not, that's not, <laughs> that's, that doesn't sound like shade, but it's like, I, I admire her so much yeah. and just how like what she does as an interviewer and like essentially a journalist. Yeah, uh, so we have Z-Way. We didn't even say her name, yeah. Z-Way. <laughs> Z-Way. and she has a, a late night talk show on Showtime. Uh, it, it just premiered uh, on uh, May the 9th. 9th. Yeah, yeah, May 9th. And you guys, we, we haven't, we watched um, before the interview, we watched a couple of clips and we were like, we were already cracking up on these like, yeah. like two, but it's a, it's a variety show. She like, this girl is bold, unapologetic, yeah. like <laughs> everything that you, I mean, we love to see it. Yeah, it's, but also she's bold and apologetic in a way that's not like trying to attack anyone. She just, yeah. I think what she does well is she uses truth to make people like say what they need to say and yeah. like, or, or just kind of bring out truths from other people. She uses truth to get truth. Oh, I like Right. That. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you guys, she's, I mean, how many, how many black leads of late night talk shows have we, I mean, <laughs> besides like Robin Thede had Robin one. had, yeah, she had a, you know, there's, I feel like other than Robin, there's not, there hasn't been a, a you know, a, a Did Wanda talk- Sykes have a daytime? T- that was daytime, I think. Yeah, but- Did she, late- I may be wrong. Yeah, I actually don't remember. I think maybe, I, I feel like there was some type of talk, there were either talks about it or, or something. But anyways, Z-Way on Showtime, she has, and she has these amazing guests like uh, Gloria Steinem was on it, um, uh, Fran Lebowitz. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, like her interview with Fran was just like great and like Fran yeah. is just as unapologetic as yeah Z-Way. yeah and she's like a 
New York icon. So just to see them interact, it's kind of like uh, the new generation. I don't want to say old generation, but kind of like new generation with an icon. Kind of, yeah. It, it, yeah. And to see like their different styles. She, she touches on things that are relevant. You know, we talk about Karens. We talk about, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously touches on just different race related i mean it's it's yeah. but she does it and to me it's it's i i, I thought it was hilarious and i yeah, mean, it's you hilarious. know she like i said she does it and she's very bold about it i mean like <laughs> the the interview she did with friendly which was like i don't want to play games and she's kind of like all right and then she still like <laughs> went at her it was it was so it was so brave like dina and i were talking to her during that we were all both like inspired like as journalists seeing her interview and then, like, yeah and then you <laughs> like very like oh y'all don't need to be like that i'm like oh no you know you need to know what you're doing right but, yeah we appreciate you no we do and i mean you, you can see her billboards which i love too <laughs> I, I literally I, I driving to where i work out my f45 Five, there's like three billboards of her like literally back to back to back like I'm like okay I like the, I'm, I'm seeing this promotion and I like it yeah hopefully that means that that means they're confident in this so I honestly I everybody should check this out yeah it is on showtime um I, I Sundays I believe is when it comes yeah, Sundays. on Sundays yeah. on showtime right but I mean she's 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 gonna do great things yeah I think so yeah. So, so without further ado, here is Z-Way on New Hollywood. Z-Way, welcome to Deadline's New Hollywood podcast. Um, I am very excited to have you on. Just one, your show, Z-Way, which is premiering on Showtime, May 9th, is I, we've seen a couple of clips before and I was just telling you, I'm like, it's I, I'm yeah. like the, the Fran Leibowitz uh, interview. <laughs> <laughs> you have not seen anything yet. Yeah, it's, the, yeah, it's like, we you saw gave that. Us a taste and that was enough. It was enough. <laughs> I was like, girl, I'm there. I'm tuning in. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We are very excited Thanks to have you. Me. Yeah, and and so just look, just something that we like to do on this, just to get this conversation started, is we like to sort of get a sense of like your background. How how what was your sort of your impetus into getting into this business? What was your inspiration? So for you, and I mean, we like to ask this to our comedians. So I know some people like think it's good but for, so for you first where did you first find your love for or your your desire to be in this business and as a comedian I have to ask where did you find your funny um where did I find my love my interest into being in this business I think it started with I was a poetry major at one point in college um, and I loved writing poetry and I very quickly realized that there was, there were not many jobs for poets other than the poet laureate. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I was searching for like how I could incorporate poetry in a job that paid my bills and my student loans. And then I found, um, writing jokes, writing, writing jokes, writing for television. And so I did this internship at Comedy Central. It was a rotational internship that was started by Chris Rock. We were called the Rock Turns, and I we rotated oh, through Colbert Report and Daily Show and on air offer promo, whatever. And so I my week at the Colbert Report, I was a very chatty intern and I got a joke on the show. And I was it suddenly opened up my world and I changed my mind from being, you know, 
a first generation Nigerian woman believing that you had to be a doctor, lawyer, or sort of like a disappointment to understanding that there were creative endeavors that you could pursue um, and that there were jobs in that field. And so that was my first my first encounter with entertainment and realizing that like at, that I could be in that world. And so after that internship, I went back to my to Northwestern University. I started a humor magazine. I started interning at The Onion. I interned at IO, which was the improv um, comedy theater um, in Chicago. And I would just created a bunch of stuff until eventually I got myself to New York and I started working mm -hmm. as a professional writer. But um, that's my entry point into entertainment. Mm. And so where, how did you, when did you first know that you were funny, that you can make other people laugh? I mean, I've always had this personality. So mm. I've been making people laugh since I was like a child. Mm. Um, I, I'm a middle child, so I, I was famously a ham. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, you're, you know, mentioning, we like talking about being first generation on the show because I'm also first generation Nigerian. Oh, shout out. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first generation uh, Filipino. Filipino. Well. Oh, so shout we out. Have, My roommate. <laughs> we all have that, yeah. We all sort of have that similar, like, oh, you want to be in entertainment, but do you want to be homeless type conversation <laughs> with our parents? Well, it's also the thing that's like, you know, I sacrificed, I left, I fled a right. war. Yeah. Your ass is I came do here with nothing. I came here with $3 in my, like, it's like, I could barely speak. Anyways, so let me ask you, how did your parents take it when you told them that you wanted to be in this business? Where they My parents don't know what I do for a living one. <laughs> and they, they, really, they legitimately don't know. I was like, oh yeah, the trailer for my television came, came, came out recently. And they're like, what television show? So that's fine. <laughs> um, but when I first told, I remember one specifically when my mother was driving me my senior year back to school and she was like, it's not too late to be, go into pre-med and I was like it's absolutely too late <laughs> this conversation <laughs> had been three years ago so so yeah they don't know what I do for a living me to this day it's not too late to go to med school yeah, no, yeah. I started off as pre-med and then I yeah, took chemistry I and I was like what the fuck is this and I was like I'm not I'm not about to take four years of you know inorganic organic camp. I was just no yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I had to suffer through it I mean it's honestly I feel like my parents are now looking back like yeah we probably wasted our money but they wanted me to be in pre-med and I literally I told them that I wanted to switch my major they were like no we're not paying for that so I I stuck the route I'm not even using the degree so it's like yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like I don't know what this good came from um so you but are, hey you always know what what the 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 you know periodic table is for carbon that exactly. is that's what I'm like you know, if we go on a game show or something like that, I'm I'm sure we can pull some of these. Some of this yeah, like we know where the eye wash is at. In a, in, we know where the we know what a Bunsen burner is. is. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between an Erlenmeyer flask and a graduated cylinder. Okay, Come on, graduated. Go off. <laughs> Look at you. Wait, so did you, what, what, did you when you took chemistry to information? What when you when you took chemistry? Didn't you have to like take that like at the very first day or like? first week you always had to take that they showed pictures of things and you'd just be all oh this is what this is this yeah is. you had to and take like, an oh. inventory of what everything is yeah yeah <laughs> I can't believe I remember all that shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the thing about college it's just like I, sometimes I just get like hot flashes where I'm like oh <laughs> I'm like George Wallace it's like, like, <laughs> like you just like like it's like traumatic stress dreams about history yeah, yeah. uh wait so what was your major before I started off as a math major and then I very quickly was like all of these I'm, I'm surrounded by like 
uh, men who um, who thought I was dumb and they would constantly kind of question me. So then I pivoted to like sociology and then history and then a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up doing a double major in African-American studies and radio, television, film with a minor in poetry. Oh, oh my God. Okay. you're basically using all of those right now. You are, exactly. And you know what, that, and that is the, that's the great gift. <laughs> is that somehow I've connected what I studied into my actual profession. And you're you're being you're you're successful at it. You have your own show now. You've been you've been you were writing um, on Jesus and Mero. You're you've been doing interviews. <laughs> um, like I said, you're doing a lot more with your degree than I'm doing with mine. <laughs> um, but so, but now you're in front of the camera in all your glory, and we get to see you in all your glory, which is very exciting. So it was in front of the car- camera. Was that something that was always sort of in the plan for you, or did you were you sort of just like you wanted to be a writer and then? I think a combination of the two. I started writing. I started writing um, far, far, way before I started performing. So my first joke I ever sold was for the Onion, and so that's when I started like kind of got my comedy chops. Um, Yeah, and then it took me a while to perform because I was just afraid of being vulnerable, and I didn't, I didn't know how to break into that space. But I've always had this personality, so I've always, you know, I've always idolized Britney Spears, so I've always wanted to be a pop star. So it's not that I never, I, I didn't have these aspirations. I just didn't, I just wasn't really comfortable with myself. But as, but professionally, yeah. Once I started working as a professional writer, soon after that, I started, I wanted to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started creating my YouTube and my Instagram yeah. live and performing yeah. live shows in New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's like, like we'll get to, you know, the Instagram <laughs> baited and, and, all that, and all that just because that was kind of gave a lot of people life. And one of my friends was like, oh, I think I might just start subscribing to Showtime just for Z-Way show. <laughs> that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah, I'm excited for everybody who's, I've been, been so excited about the fanfare for the show. We've worked so hard. Like we, yeah, we shot, we shot it in 15 days. And that's so, so it's yeah. wild. And so, and yeah. so we've just been, you know, like guns blazing, editing the show. Um, and we, we have live interviews to tape it again in May, but yeah. So we're working mm-hmm. really hard. So I'm really excited that people mm-hmm. are excited. And I hope that you guys love the show as much yeah. as we do. Well, you, you know, you've, you've worked at like some of these very, you know, cool major, uh, you know, TV shows, you know, like Jesus and Mero and, and the daily show. And, you know, um, you know, how has working for these various talk shows and everything kind of informed your career route and was there like something unexpected that you found out about yourself uh, when you were like writing for these spaces or these places? Sure I mean I only interned at The Daily Show. I wrote for professionally I've written for Dickinson, um, DiSamero and The Rundown with Robin Thede for The Onion and stuff. Um, But as far as the experiences I mean you, you learn so much about the business just from watching people, mm. how they operate their productions, how, how they run their own writer's rooms, what, what they value in comedy, what they're looking for in work. So it's been such, like, I've been lucky. It, I, it's like reverse grad school in the sense that I'm getting paid to learn. So mm. that's been such a re- like rewarding experience because I can take all these valuable lessons that I just learned from taking notes from these really brilliant people like Deez Zamero and apply them to my show. Um, as well. So I've been really fortunate enough to have like a wide variety of jobs that allow mm-hmm. me to be a really, hopefully a good showrunner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I, I do want to get into these conversations you've had, you know, um, that like everyone loved, well, at least people of color love, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> with, um, you know, 
and as journalists ourselves, we, you know, we, we always go into these spaces, you know, asking questions and you're like, oh, are we, are we going to offend these people? Like what's good, what's safe, what's not safe to talk about. And yeah. it, it, it's, it, it's interesting in how you approach it. Cause you're kind of very, in a good way, cavalier and fearless. And it's not being malicious. You are telling nothing but truths and it's not gotcha journalism, which a lot of people may think it is because like, for instance, in the clip we saw of you and Fran uh, Leibowitz, where you were just like, where she's like, oh, I don't play games. I don't think we're spoiling anything here, uh, but you know, and, and then you're just like, oh, well, you know. When, when does this come of, out? This is gonna come out maybe, well, this might come out right before your episode or like shortly after like the tuesday after your episode but what you're airs. what you're talking about is actually it's in the trailer so i think oh it is in the trailer okay yeah. good, good. <laughs> but yeah. you know just the way you ask these questions you know i was i'm like oh, oh i can learn from z-way yeah you know? <laughs> i was thinking that too i, I, yeah. I was like oh i was like I, I wonder if she's nervous like yeah and like are you nervous when you kind of ask these uncomfortable questions that we have been kind of trained to be uncomfortable to ask, you know, because, you know, a lot of like in our spaces, we talk like people of color, queer people, we talk freely, right? And we, 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 we're not scared, we're safe. But once we kind of break out of our echo chamber and go to you know, a pre predominantly white space or something, you know, where like the dominant culture kind of has their thumb down on us, we kind of code switch and we don't talk about things or we talk about things in these like very veiled ways. Right. So, so I guess, comfortable. What, like, how did you go, like when you first started doing Baited and asking, you know, interviewing people like Alyssa Milano and, and, and all these people, how did you approach it with such fearlessness, but at the same time being mindful? Cause it's a very tricky balancing act for, for me at least, but how was it for you just to, you know, do this, these impressive interviews that kind of inspire me to just be a better journalist and just to take no shit. <laughs> yes, I like to think of myself as the Ida B. Wells of comedy. And honestly, <laughs> I wear that crown proudly. Mm -hmm. um, as far as how do I, do I get nervous before my interviews? Not when asking individual questions, but there is some nervousness that you get as a performer, at least I do, where I just wanna make sure I do a good job. I do right by my guests and I do right by my audience and I do right by myself. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a lot of responsibility that people um, appreciate my comedy, not only because it's funny, but also because it's informative. And so I wanna make sure that I'm constantly hitting that bar that I've set for myself. So that's the nervousness, but individual questions like, how many black friends do you have? No, I don't get nervous about that because I try to lead with kindness, right? Like my point isn't to humiliate people. My point isn't to get anybody canceled. My point isn't to be cruel. My point is to have like convert really poignant conversations that are awkward and silly because it's silly to ask friendly voice. Hey friend, what do you what do you care more about? Slow walkers or racism? That's a silly question. Yeah. But if you look <laughs> the layers of it, there's a lot of there's really a lot of interesting politics behind the answer to that question or you know a non-answer to that question. So yeah. I'm always I'm constantly working I'm constantly working to make sure my my work hits comedy as well as information yeah. um but I just try to be a really kind person and be fair and 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 yeah and not try to make anybody look bad because that's not what it's about I mean also you guys can relate to this I'm sure but I've been having conversations about race since I since I could speak yeah. point period like yes. that's it it, and so, and, and I don't know about you, but I remember I have like these, these like 
memories where I remember having these conversations about race when I was a teenager and being entirely ill-equipped to talk about it. You know, mm -hmm. where, where someone would be like, oh, how is that racist? And I'd be like, I don't know, I'm a teenager, but I can feel it in my bones, but you don't have that vocabulary. Yeah, so yeah. as an adult, I'm kind of trying to reparent the trauma that mm -hmm. I had as a kid and be like, okay, yo, I didn't have the vocabulary when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, but now that I do, how can I make light of it? How can I, how can I re, re, how can I relive these moments and also help people who I'm talking to understand the ways that they don't even realize they're speaking from a yeah. position that is totally converse to mine. And that's yeah. really what these conversations are about because it's like, we're all, we all exist in this world. Racism isn't something that I was made up in my head. And the best we can do is acknowledge it, <laughs> that it yeah. exists and have conversations and that aren't trying to villainize the respective people we're talking to, but do try to, to acknowledge the, the honest to God truth. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so interesting. Cause I think there, you know, I, I, there's a certain generation of people who were like, we were, you know, I talk about this all the time, but like we were trained not to bring this stuff up because it was like, oh, that's just the way it is. And you mm -hmm. can't challenge that. You can't question it. And I, I have trouble trying to unlearn that. That's why like when I saw you, you know, interviewing these people and I was like, oh, that's what needs to be said. You know, this is kind of, <laughs> yeah. these, these conversations are uncomfortable, but you know, they are conversations that need to be had in order to fix things if things can be even fixed, you know? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, think about, even if we have been socialized to not have these conversations, people have had these conversations at me. I don't know about you, but I've definitely been quartered in a bar and had someone just randomly bring up that their nanny was, you know, an African woman. And it's like, wait, <laughs> we're at a wedding you know okay. like it's like wait where did that come from so i've and we're constantly or i've had i've had natural hair or braids and someone come up and literally touch my hair and be like this is so pretty and it's like wait this is like a violation of space right. you don't want to be rude yeah. you don't want to say hey get your hands off of me so you're just like thank you for the compliment that right. feels invasive right. so we can all we even if you've been socialized to not have these conversations we are having them subconsciously right yeah yeah and so it's about a... breaking the subconscious to the conscious yeah mm -mm. yeah like there's that. the whole thing about like I've always been asked the one thing that I never realized was a microaggression until now, where are you really from? That question is a lot of Asians get that question. Yeah, and it's like Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, like oh, I'm from Texas. No, 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 where no, no, no. really from? No, no, where, um, where, where are you really from? I mean, Dallas, I grew up in Dallas. Texas, <laughs> like, San Antonio, Texas. And also just the whole thing about, you know, uh, just people, cause my last name's Ramos, right? And so people automatically assume I'm Latino. And I'm like, and I, I've been mistaken for Latino, Indian, Black, uh, and, and, and just like all these other races. And I've like all my life just had to kind of, you know, just be all, no, 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 you know, just kind of silent about it and just be all, I, I'm, I'm Filipino. And then they're like, oh, but your last name's Ramos. You can't be Filipino. And I'm all, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's called colonialism <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really glad that like i'm honestly I, I get really excited seeing like 
people of color, especially like first generation Nigerians doing things like this, because I think that you're, you're sort of, you know, dispelling this old, like we have to sort of, like you said, socializing to make everybody else feel comfortable, right? Like we have to sort of move in a way that we don't want to make any, offend anybody or make our white counterparts feel com uncomfortable, but in turn, we're the ones that are, are dealt with the uncomfortability because of, you know, this sort of how we, we've, we've been taught to, 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 live but like having somebody like you that's sort of in this you know had this huge platform you're talking to somebody like Fran Lebowitz or um the, I, the, the guy the guy from Happy Endings like his name oh, is Adam, Adam Powell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. lovely <laughs> yeah like, so funny and you're talking to them and you're asking them really uncomfortable questions and you're doing so so like I'm like I'm like you're doing so so fearlessly like you're doing so it's like and it's like nothing phases you even when they come back and they say something you know off or whatever it's like you're still like you stick to this thing and you and you sort of like you you still kind of you stick to your point and I just really thought that that was so refreshing seeing especially seeing a Nigerian woman on a variety tv show that that does things like this right like oh, it's yeah it's just really um really really refreshing and I'm excited I'm excited to see uh, the show um so so for people who haven't seen it or well they haven't seen it but for people who might not have have heard about it or or what how would you describe how would you describe this your your, your show I mean it's a variety show in the truest sense of the word there are going to be interviews both live to tape and pre-tape there are going to be sketches commercials uh proper sketches field pieces with real people um, music videos I'm the musical guest every episode so it's you're really going to feel you're going if you have there's something for everybody mm -hmm. whatever your tastes are as a com comedian or as a comedy lover you there's a wide spectrum of what I do I mean yeah as a what, what I do as a performer as a writer as a producer and so you're going to feel that in the show mm -hmm. How how were you? How was it for you being able to balance everything, being a writer producer, and then also performing? Um, was that was that challenging for you, or what? What what? How did you sort of juggle everything? How do I mean? I'm a control freak, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay. I wish the only thing I wish that I had a I wish I could clone myself. That would make my life easier. But I like to be involved in every process of the edit. I like to be involved in. I've seen every script. <laughs> I'm you know I'm like in the weeds of everything because I creatively this is so much a part of the vision I created with my brilliant team, and so I I like that process. Mm. Because I would be the one that's like, wait a second, where did that come from? Who told, you know, why did anybody tell me? So it's like, I need to be part of the process to see how it grows. Mm, yeah. yeah, I just think like the, the three clips they sent us was were like part of the Fran Leibowitz interview. Uh, <laughs> Stop being poor, the music oh, video. I banger. <laughs> yeah. No, that song is a banger. It, yeah, it's it is. I, I think um, it should chart personally. Patty Harrison's on that song. Patty's this brilliant comedian. Yeah, I um, love her. I we everybody loves Patty Harrison. She's a genius. Working with her, like I've I had never worked so intimately. We've we've done live shows together for years, but I've never like seen her act in person. And she is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, one of we have a music video and we're collaborating on that. And she's in a bunch of sketches as well. Yeah, as well. yeah. just yeah. that. Yeah, just even the, the lyrics to yeah. the American Doll one. <laughs> With Jane Kukowski and Kristen Malati. Jane yes. Kukowski, I work with her on Dickinson, but she's also someone who I hadn't seen act in person. And my goodness, is that woman really, really sharp? She yes. has 
this brilliant inter like intuition as a performer and watching her and Kristen, you've seen the whole sketch, but they, there's this moment I won't spoil that they improvised and it is absolutely funny, hilarious, amazing. I think I know what moment. You know, it's, hard, it's hard to miss. You know. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Lifetime's Robin Roberts Presents Mahalia. From executive producers Robin Roberts and Linda Berman comes the biopic of the legendary Mahalia Jackson. Grammy Award winner Daniel Brooks stars as the trailblazer whose music moved, inspired, and changed people's hearts. Critics have praised Brooks's transformative performance into the Queen of Gospel as thunderingly good. Directed by Kenny Leon and written by Bettina Jillowa and Todd Kreidler, this Lifetime original movie continues to inspire viewers and highlights the ongoing fight for social justice. Robin Roberts presents Mahalia for your Emmy consideration in all categories. Just because, I mean, it, I think there is something refreshing about, I, I mean, if if everything is like what we saw, then I am like totally on board and I'm all about appointment TV, so I will watch it. <laughs> I'm like old school that way. Like I, I will like watch it on TV and not, you know, get the app, but just like watch it when it goes live. Because, Wait, Okay, so let me ask you. So did you did you sort of have like a list of like guests? Are you mentioned Jane Korinsky, Chris, uh, uh, Bohen Yang? I, he was in the trailer too. I saw that he was going to be. Was there like a list of just like like people that you wanted to be part of the show, or how did you go about getting all your 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 get your guests on there? Definitely. I mean, I so I've been I've been. I've been performing live in New York for years. So mm -hmm. people like Patty Harrison, Bowen Yang. Um, Sam Taggart, who's in a couple of sketches. Like these are all people who I've been interacting with and, and a bunch of my, Cola Scola. These are people who I've worked with. And okay. so I, I know I know exactly what they're gonna give me. And so I, I can rely on them as performers. So I, these are people I wanted on my show because they're so much a part of my comedic identity. And mm -hmm. then others who I've been fans of like Jane Krakowski from her days in Dirty Rock or or I mean, Jeremy O'Harris, I interviewed for my yeah. Instagram live show, but, or, or Adam Pally, who I have, like known because I I'm like cool with uh, with Casey Wilson and I loved mm, happy endings yeah. so okay. they're they're all it's a mix of people who I've worked with who I wanted to have on my my show because I love their comedy and I wanted to collaborate with them and then people who I've been fans of who we connected with and then people who like music like Phoebe Bridgers to get her on my show I just DM'd her and I was like yo do you want to do the show she was like yeah <laughs> it, was, it was that simple it was like do you want to do this yes great and it was really that basic and and, wow. I, and she was Phoebe is one of my favorite people, like because she was so funny, so prompt, so and just so game for everything. So I just had a wonderful experience. And then Fred Lebowitz, like I watched Pretend It's a City, and I thought, yo, like this lady is wild, like so funny and wild and interesting, and such a, a staple of a New York culture. Who's she's been around since she's been around forever in New York yeah. media specifically. And so I was really happy and lucky to collaborate with her for our uh, pilot episode. But these are all people who. I have been fans of in different regards who yeah did you have to like did you have to apologize to anybody after <laughs> like because I know Fran came in and was like I don't want to play games and it's like <laughs> okay no I haven't had no I know because I'm I'm a nice 
I, I lead with kindness. Like my point isn't to leave the interview being like, gotcha, I pranked you. Like that's not yeah. the intention at all. And so I, and I'm very conscious of the guests, the, where the guest temperament is at and yeah. what to push and what not to push. Um, because to me, it's a collaborative relationship. Like we are sharing a space together to make something comedic together. I rely on them as much as they rely on me. And there has to be a sense of trust. Um, yeah. So no, I, my guests left. Yeah. That, that wasn't my experience. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, I just think it's exciting to watch. Yeah, to it is. yeah. I mean, like, but you know, you know, what do you hope? I mean, you know, we are always talking about on TV and film representation matters, you know, saying that out loud all the time, it gets exhausting, but then at the same time, it's just like, oh, well, it really does matter. And like our conversation shows that, you know, seeing, you know, you on the show, you know, first generation Nigeria and just like a woman of color hosting her own show. And when, like, we barely have seen that before in, in, yeah. in ever. Um, but, but besides that, you know, what do you hope the show brings to the table when it comes to representing yourself, larger conversations of representation and, and inclusivity, and just kind of the state of the world as a whole, even though it's kind of trash right now, you know, just like, what, what do you hope it just brings to the table? I think that there are, there are, there's a micro and the macro, right? On okay. a micro level as a the, as talent, as a showrunner, as a writer, I hope that I can offer opportunities to people who have been traditionally left out of the, the working force of entertainment. So the, a bunch of, a couple of my writers were first time WGA writers, mm -hmm. um, as well as I employed talent who had never um, worked via SAG before. And so I was really excited to offer a, a bunch of people who I have no personally who've been performing live in New York for years who are funnier than a lot of people out there give them opportunities to work and to have their credit so they can go on to get their second and third and fourth and tenth mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so that's just on like the granular level and then on like a macro level I hope that my show in punches up and encourages people to laugh at those in power and not treat them so daintily and mm. have really important conversations that are essential to the healing that we need as like a collective. Mm. That's like the perfect oh, answer. Girl, yes. <laughs> oh my God, how are we going to get your parents girl, to watch this show? <laughs> Sorry? How are we going to get your parents to watch the show? Have you? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> you have to your siblings. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't seek validation. I yeah. do it for myself. Everything that I, I create, I create for myself. I think yeah. that as an artist, I mean, you have to understand, this is like the eighth iteration of something I've been doing for years where no one cared. When I first started doing that Instagram live, do you know how many people were in that live? 30. And I would have to apologize to my guests and be like, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> see you next, see, tune in next Thursday when I'll be talking to X and Y and I'd be, I'd be screaming in an empty vacuum. And then suddenly I, you know, I book Caroline Calloway and then I book Alison Roman and then I book Rose McGowan in succession. And suddenly the show skyrockets. Mm. But before that years, I spent years working at a loss, just investing myself, not making any money, losing money where no one watched, no one cared, no one liked it. It was a waste of time. Um, or seemingly was a waste of time. But because I invested in myself, I'm able to have the opportunity to have the Showtime A24 show. And yeah. so I'm really, really lucky that I 
believed in myself and supported myself and sought validation in myself. Had I sought validation externally, I would be, I would be dead or I would have moved on to the next trend. Yeah. Um, but you can't predict the trend. You can't follow. You have to lead. So yeah. if I can, um, you know, impart any wisdom, it would be that you have to, it has to be for you. Yeah. Oh my God. That's I'm like, sure yeah, that. that is, yeah, that's so true about kind of like, you know, kind of just working your way up the chain, I guess you would say. And like, not, it's like, it sounds trite and, and, and cheesy, but like not giving up. But I do like what you said about, you know, uh, uh, believing in yourself and not seeking validation from anyone yeah. else. Because I do think like, there's this whole thing about, you know, kind of getting validation. And I'll just say it from, you know, I was trained to get validation from the dominant culture, you know, and you're not worth anything unless that dominant culture says you are yeah. and you know and then if they say you're not then you start to believe you're not and um uh, you know I, now we're just getting into like a ted talk and like a very <laughs> but no but but it's true it's like it, it's so true what you said it's like oh if you don't believe in yourself how the fuck is anyone else gonna believe in you yeah. i mean you have to like you have to like it that's yeah okay. at the very least very most basic if you don't like it then don't then what's the point Right. Ultimately, mm-hmm. like I remember when I first started writing jokes, I, I I freelanced for the Onion for years, and I'd be like, okay, like what, like what do you, what do I think that they want me to joke about? And mm-hmm. that is an impossible thing to chase. Mm-hmm. It's impossible, and yeah. I wouldn't, and my my jokes would often not get selected, and I'd be like, yo, I'm broke, <laughs> getting paid for <laughs> joke, and I'm not getting paid. Oh, yeah. And so you, but you have to learn to make yourself laugh first. That's where it starts. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so true. Oh, that's good. Um, Zway, what's next? I love that whenever I say something, you guys are like, wow, that's great. This I mean, no, it, it, but it's true. You no, are like, no, this is, great. This is like really people fun. To say on the podcast because it's like, you know, we, we hope that generations, especially like I said, people of color, people first generations are inspired by by what other people have accomplished that look like them and that maybe have a similar background because I, I think that this is important. You know, we, a lot of, like you said, like we didn't really see a lot of people that were doing what we want to do. And it's kind of hard to, to be motivated to do it when you don't see a lot of people doing it. So like everything you're saying is just, it's just really important. And I just really hope that people are inspired by your story. I'm certainly inspired by your yeah. story. Oh my God, this is sweet. I love this. Yeah. Okay, going. Also, also oh. you're just like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm older than you, but it's just pretty dope. You know? <laughs> but it, it, it's just pretty dope to hear kind of your, your point of view and like something you know, as I, I got it, I actually have a journalism degree and, you know, I, you know, I, I went to J school and all that. And, you know, I haven't seen many journalists of color and I do consider you a journalist. And, 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 be and well. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, and just kind of like just seeing what you do and kind of how you approach things in, in this way that I had never seen before. And that's why I'm just like, I'll just listening intently at yeah. everything you have to say because it is it is very you know uh, I'm learning. Teach yeah. me, Z-Way. Teach me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, so Z-Way, what's next for you? What can you what can you tell us now that you have your own series under your belt? What's next? What are you doing? This show next? hasn't even premiered yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Give me a break. Well, it may have like, premiered. 
by the time, time we end this episode. Yeah. But um, like, there, there's still a couple episodes we have to drop. Um, you know what's next? I'm writing a book. That's nice. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm constantly just trying to whet my appetite as a creative, and I'm always looking for new avenues to express myself. I'm, I'm someone, and that's why you know I, I write and I produce, and and I, yeah, I write and I produce, and I'm talent, and then I make music, and then I dance, and I just like, and then I'm writing a book. So I'm just, I want to get the most out of life before my before it's over because yeah. i know that we're not here forever and so i just want to let my re- imagination run wild yeah mm-hmm. yeah is, is is there something that you haven't done in your career that, that you're itching to do I, I read that you were a huge x-men fan fan i do love x-men okay. i loved x-men i used to watch that at the, on the kids wb every saturday i loved rogue i loved storm yeah i was i cyclops i was like a, he was a thought i love but i love gene great as a phoenix who's just like absolutely out of pocket entirely yes yeah i'm a huge marvel like i love the marvel animation spider-man um i watched all those as a kid i mean i watched i grew up on television and animation so i haven't i don't have my i used to voice kamala harris on cartoon president yeah i've other animations but i i would love to get into the animation space that's something that i've just like I'm obsessed with yeah, but there yeah. I literally as wide as a net I can possibly cast I want to do it all you know I want to do mm. I used to do plays when I was in high school I was in yeah I used to do plays I was I played a fairy in mid, Midsummer Night Dream mm. um yeah Midsummer Night Dream is that what it's called Midsummer yes. Night Dream yes. yes that's it that's it come on Shakespeare um, I know right is that right <laughs> I might be wrong I forgot I'm tired oh, I- um, but yeah, I used to do plays. Um, I I was Dorothy in like a school play. So I would love to do everything and anything um, that my my wildest imaginations. It's like I'm kind of just living my dreams in real time. Mm. Yeah, Z-Way the musical. How about that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we started in Nigeria. I love that. Yeah, but I think it would be funny if Will Smith was playing my dad, like (laughs) a la concussion. I think that'd be awesome. Concussion. Yeah, you guys remember concussion? Yes, that movie. (laughs) I think I'm sorry, but I love Will Smith. Um, but yeah, I just I would I think it'd be cool. Will Smith has aged very finely, I think. Talented actor, comedic timing and action timing and drama timing. So shout Mm -hmm. out to him. Shout out to the yeah the red table talk too. Let's okay, <laughs> let, let the healing begin. I can't wait to be taken let's to the red to the table. table. Is that what they say? Let's yeah. I can't wait. Table. I hope I, I I can't wait to get canceled so I can get to that talk. Okay, so we like to sort of end this uh, the interview with this segment we call the facts or the FAQs. Just random questions, fun questions. Sure. So your first question is: What was the last YouTube, social media, or internet rabbit hole that you went down? Oh, oh God, the last rabbit hole that I went down. Okay, so I watched this documentary on Netflix called The Art uh, Made You Look. And so that, it was it was about how this um, one gallery called the No Flair Gallery had, gallery had been allegedly like funneling fake Jackson Pollocks to these like super fancy people and like frauded them allegedly uh, of a lot of money. Okay. You watched yeah. that? It was amazing. I, I love a documentary. Yeah, I, love, I love a documentary. So after I watch a documentary, the thing I do is Google, okay, who's pissed at who? What laws were, you know, I, so I went down this like 
this rabbit hole and then I started learning about the is like what is it called the Isabel Museum in Boston which was the largest art heist in history where a bunch of paintings were stolen at rabbit at random by these alleged like yeah it was just I love so my last rabbit hole was like art thieves and then I started reading about the most pro prolific art thief in in like American and not American history but world history who was this guy who didn't even sell the paintings he just hung them up in his room um with and he lived with his mom um in like the south of France so I just I, I've been reading a lot about art thieves yeah I do that art I do the exact same thing that you're I, I I just watched this QAnon documentary on HBO, on HBO. Max, and I went I went down the rabbit hole because I I'd heard of it but I never really paid attention to it and I was just like okay what what is this actually it's some bonkers ass shit like I'm like y'all y'all are crazy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. I spent like a whole day or probably more than that just looking up what people say comments like I think art theft is very interesting, right? That's like a very interesting thing to steal. Like, do you, and you, I guess when you steal it, do you sell it or do you like, cause like, it's just very interesting to me. I know it. And so, so, and so with this, this really prolific um, art thief, I'm going to Google him cause I just remember, <laughs> but this really prolific art thief, um, he wouldn't sell it because he's like, that's how people get caught. Get caught. And but so he yeah. would just, then his, his, um, so then he got arrested because he went back to the scene of the crime and he was acting really strange. And his mom who didn't know he was stealing all this art, like burned it and threw it into the river. And wow. which is really sad, this like priceless art from like, you know, 16th century, 14th century, super, super old, like valuable pieces. Oh, his name is um, Stephane Breitweiser. Um, he robbed nearly 200 million museums and stole treasures worth 1.4 billion dollars oh so this, he, this, oh my god yeah there's this really compelling that. article in gq by michael finkel and so i just love i like really good long-form reporting okay nerd alert so i like really <laughs> good long-form reporting about like sociopaths so like yeah, so mm -hmm. i read the the theranos book about elizabeth holmes i read the, the Uber she's, book she's about, a treat she's wild <laughs> absolutely wild i don't understand the voice i just i i'm like really interested in that i read the the travis the travis uber book as well um so any sort of documentary or book or article that's just about like people who I don't really, I don't understand not having impulse control, right? I had, I have Nigerian parents who are very strict. So the idea that it's like, what if I went into this art museum and just took it, took something because I wanted it. It's like, that's beyond my comprehension. Yeah. How, yeah. And it's, it's a piece of art. Like how- And then you keep art. doing it. You, you just keep constantly- Yeah, I, I would be, I would be afraid I, that I was going to get caught. Yeah. But they're not I afraid. Would, like Elizabeth Holmes wasn't afraid. Yeah, these people, like, but yeah, it's so, it's just like, like after I think for that person who stole all that art, I guess it's more of like the thrill rather than the actual end. Like all, oh, like that's hanging on my wall. I stole that. Or no, whatever. he was like, like happy, but I don't know. But it's it's like psychological, right? Because it's yeah. like maybe yeah. one time. But I guess it is a drag. You're right. Maybe it is the thrill of yeah. doing it yeah. and not getting caught. So you just wonder, you feel like you're invincible. I wonder if there's like a mental thing associated with people like maybe like if there's like a mental disorder or something. Like I, I just oh. feel like this this ha there has to be something that makes somebody feel or give that impulse to steal things and it's, constantly do it. And it's like, an, I guess, an, an addiction adrenaline. Have y'all yeah. have have seen There Is No I in Threesome? Yes, <laughs> that's on HBO. That one's what is that? It's on HBO. It's Max. a documentary. Yeah. But about what? About uh, so there's a there's this couple who they are in open relationship yeah, and they're like days open. before their marriage and don't, so don't like spoil it though yeah yeah I'm not gonna spoil it so <laughs> that's pretty much it. What's like what's the hook? 
it's there, the hook is you'll be you'll be spoiled if he tells you the hook it's actually okay. really good it's just about a couple like they, they, they're they're exploring like having open relationships threesomes and stuff okay like that. i'm gonna watch this documentary it's complicated that's all we'll say okay yeah. i'm gonna watch this documentary and if it's not a 10 out of 10 i'm gonna be pissed i, okay. I, only watch I think you'll like it <laughs> well you could tweet out you could put me on blast on twitter if you, <laughs> you want you know i watch this no i'm probably gonna love it i love a documentary i just rewatched the fire festival documentary oh god yeah. fantastic have you seen and the, the tina one have you have you seen the tina Turner? i haven't watched the tina i'm saving that for a very bad day because i love a music doc the black yeah. doc was amazing love the ariana grande documentary i love a documentary yeah so I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait to watch the tina turner doc but i'm saving it for like it's going to be like break in case of emergency you okay. guys good, we should good. start a documentary fan group like <laughs> I'm, I, ready. I'm so serious because i'm like I, no, I was the only person that's that pretty much documentaries as much as i do especially like no, that's why i like real housewives because Real Housewives oh is my like God, a you like Girl. <laughs> yeah. I talk about Real Housewives all the time and I just feel like, I don't, I don't know. I always feel like- I'm Yeah, like, I don't watch it. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you don't have taste. I don't have taste. Uh, I heard that the Salt Lake City one is kind of like wild though. Well, because so someone was just arrested for fraud. Yes, yes. Girl, it is like, you cannot write this stuff. You have to start. We're going to we're gonna start a reality documentary club or we're all just going to be putting yeah. in like, our recommendations and having <laughs> conversations and doing like- you know, I mean, that's pretty much all I watch because I can't handle watching. Like if, if like a, something scripted, it doesn't catch me like in the first 10 minutes and I'm out that's how I am lately and plus we watch so much for our jobs that we're just like really? yeah we, we we don't have time okay wait we have we have to go, have to go sorry um, wait there so more questions? yeah there's more you guys didn't want to hear my documentary recommendation <laughs> we will we will uh, but I want to know what are what is one wild superstition that you subscribe to superstition or are you superstitious at all I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't describe it as superstitious, but I'm probably superstitious. Like superstitious, like throwing salt over your shoulder. Yeah. Um. Probably. Probably. Or just maybe just like a ritual that you a do. A ritual that, that you do. Yeah. That you maybe like you. That is kind of crazy. Reasons. Not know? crazy. I mean, I like... watch Real Housewives as, as I do my makeup. Um, okay, I don't good. know, but I'm sure there, there's more, but I don't know what well, nothing comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I remember when we used to be able to go out in public and like I would go to a public restroom, I would always have to get three paper towels to wa wash my hands dry. Even, yeah, that's that that was a weird thing. I don't oh, know yeah. why. But I have so I have those ticks, but it's not yeah, 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 but yeah, it's yeah. not even I don't even think about them anymore. Mm. I drink San Pellegrino blood orange, but then I but then I cut myself off because someone told me that it was like that it, there's a sh that someone was like you should drink that you shouldn't be drinking a lot of that because it's like sugary. So, but that's but just, it's so good. That I know it's delicious. Orange, it's, it's so delicious. so yeah. So I have ticks like that where I'm like I have to have my San Pellegrino or I'm like shaking. But <laughs> but I try to like I try not to be dependent on anything. Okay. I, I'm totally dependent on everything. <laughs> um, okay, what? Who? Who? Who are or is your dream guest for your show? Who would you say? Who is my dream guest? I mean, I Kim Kardashian would be a phenomenal guest. Mm. Um, I just think that she has such a pivotal role in like 21st century American media, and I would love mm. to hear her perspective on race. I think it's really yeah. what, what valuable of people 
on this planet right now. Um, DM her. Yeah. Sure, I'll DM her. <laughs> I know it's so weird. That I never thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be interesting uh, to hear the Kardashians talk about race. I, I honestly yeah. feel like that would be like a, a very interesting a special episode on yeah. a very special episode of Z Wing. Because you know they never <laughs> they never really talk about even like when I mean they 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 they, put, they throw their support around like Black Lives Matter and stuff, but they've never really like mm-hmm. talked about that and what it means yeah. to them and they all have black children now so they should be talking about it yeah <laughs> so um that's a good that's a so Z-Way, how good are you at keeping secrets and how long have you kept a secret i mean there are secrets that you keep until the grave yeah mm-hmm. yeah or so like i'm a nigerian would your friends say that you are good at like would they come to you with secrets and you, yeah and you you're, you're like you're so you're a vault then I, I, well, I'm, I'm, yeah. Nigerians can be very gossipy though, so. <laughs> it's, it's auntie, but then they have their yes, own aunties, secret. yes. But then yeah. they have yeah. their yeah. own secret where you'll talk to your dad and they'll be like, oh yeah, I never told you this, but like, I sold our car. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? You know what I mean? So it's just like, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a very different balance act with Nigerians. It's like, I think, I think we, we'll, we'll, we'll go with the grave to like our own, with our own secrets, but mm-hmm. other people's secrets, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell your aunties because that's definitely not going I think it's all aunties across the board. Yeah, all, all <laughs> right. it, it knows no cult, no color. Right. No it's, color, it's, right. It's equal opportunity. <laughs> But I also think it's like immigrant aunties across the board. Oh, yeah. And then you have that cool auntie who's like, you know, you wanted to always hang out with when you were a kid and you, you know. Do you guys have those? I was going to ask, like, do you guys have like your aunties that you like hang out with, tell secrets to and stuff, that, but they're like the same age as your mom and you would never die? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I was like, I have, I have an auntie, like my mom's sister who like, she's like, like, we treat her like she's like, like, we'll tell her everything. And, and then my, my mom hates it. Cause she's like, y'all tell her every, but she's, she's like a really cool aunt. Like we drink together. Like mm. it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember I had an aunt, uh, she like lived, she, she lived in San Francisco in the city and like me and like, when we lived in the Bay Area and I was young, I was like, oh, wow, she's like, she's like working girl. She's, she's just making yeah. it big. And I, I thought they were so cool. So, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a would, would you rather question. Would you rather live in a utopia as a normal person or in a dystopia, but you're the supreme ruler? That's like that's a that's a wild question. <laughs> who has answered the, the dystopia? I'm sure someone has. You're the, especially with the you're the extreme ruler. I'm sure there are people out there that are. <laughs> that would be like I would I would I would open an investigation into their crimes. <laughs> there is not a world in which I would want to be the leader of a dystopia in which everyone is miserable and hates me, where I could just be a regular person in an, a perfect world, which yeah. would be perfect yeah. because that's the definition of utopia. Mm. I do think there are people who There are would. definitely people out there that don't, yeah. I know, and they, I'm saying that those people should be Yeah, they should admitted. be, they should, yeah. Because that, that <laughs> they is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our final question is, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, creator that is not in the mainstream that you think people need to know about and deserves more shine from Hollywood and everyone else? Like who are some comedians that I think are, that need to yeah. Um, yeah. I have a friend, One of my favorite writers in the country, their name is Evan Waite. 
I know him from um, The Onion. He's a really good writer. Mm. Um, Ayo Adebari is someone who's young and up and coming, but she is really, really funny and brilliant and also a writer performer as well. Um, who else? There, I mean, there are so many brilliant people that I love. Grace yeah. Kulinschmidt is someone who's very funny to me. Jess Tom is another comedian that's really, really talented. Uh, Pat Regan is a com- comedian who like is known and beloved by comedians, but I'm surprised they haven't broken out, broken out yet because they're really, really talented. And they, they're on my show as well. So is Grace Kulinschmidt, she's on my show. Um, yeah, who else? Uh, there, I mean, they're like Jordan Mendoza is one of my writers on my show. He's this young um, Filipino dude, and he Yay, is Filipino. Yeah, and he is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's like a really, really sharp writer and sharp comedian and a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, he they, all of my writers are on my show. They perform on my show because I wanted to really incorporate them because they're all writer performers. So like, why not put them on, in the show? And so we'll see them shine as well. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I love oh, it when yeah. I hear that there's Filipino talent out in Hollywood because it's for some reason either they don't kind of raise their hand and say we're here or like we just don't know that they're around. And I, I love hearing that someone Filipino is in your writer's room. Thank you <laughs> on behalf of our culture. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for, for being here with us today. This conversation was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you um, for all that you're doing for representation, for diversity, for Nigerians. I'm like I said, I'm very. I, we haven't gotten to see the episode yet, but it's like I'm already sold. This is. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you. You guys are yeah. so sweet. I'm very excited for it, and I'm very excited to see what you, what else you have in store. Yeah. So, when you when you uh, <laughs> when you're when you're in the next X Men movie, we'll yeah. We'll, we're oh gonna... goodness! I would I would die. I would. Lo- I love X Men. I mean, that would be one of play. I just like that. Like the foundation of it is like. Stan Lee just having like a lot of political opinions about World War II, I think is really, I mean, he's such a great, he was such a great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he like merges mainstream and like pop culture with like literal politics, I thought was really compelling. Yeah, so I, well, I think it was so cool that like when I first was reading X-Men, like the comic books and how, you know, going down that deep dive and they were like, oh yeah, Magneto is supposed to be like Malcolm X and, and Professor X is supposed to be more Martin Luther King, like that mm. philosophy and how they approach mutants and, you know, that, 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 that whole thing. But yeah, we're, we're gonna, we, we look forward to seeing you in the next X-Men project because they are developing it at Disney. And, you know, we make things happen here on the podcast. <laughs> so and... we're going to put it out into the universe. <laughs> okay, great. God bless. And you know, honestly, this sounds amazing. We love this for me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.